Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. This is episode 103 now. Uh, somehow we've made it to 103 episodes. And I am joined, as always, by my good friends, Laura Cress and Thomas Beck. So how are you guys doing? You st- still okay? All things considered, during this pandemic, we're still here. We're still... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're still still playing games, at least. We're still in our <laughs> homes. <laughs> All things considered, not too bad. That's good. Uh, still alive. Still, That's good. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of getting through my backlog. I mean, I'm not even making a dent, but it feels like I'm making progress. And uh, But we've got, you know, a few games to play as well. Um, as Laura, we'll be talking about, uh, was it Loan Far Sales? Or no, Far Loan yep. Sales. Far Loan Sales, yeah. <laughs> That's a great it's start. Three words in the title. <laughs> uh, but you could put them in any order. And, um, they could, but they wouldn't be the right ones. And, <laughs> and you'll be talking about nuts then <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, there's be... no way you can get that one wrong. <laughs> That'll be oh, trust him. <laughs> Just you oh, wait. That's true. Oh, that's nuts. True. I got that wrong. Oh. <laughs> so plenty more that came from. And I'll be talking about a, a new Russian game that I played. And I'll be talking about what remains of Edith Finch. And then we'll be going all retro, searching for the Amazon Queen. Uh, but first, um, Thomas, uh, you have some preview slash news in uh, Thomas Plays Some Demos, which is a new section. <laughs> 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 yeah, I thought I'd, I'd get a bit of a, make a dent in my uh, way too big pile of demos that I uh, downloaded in the past month. Most of them are point and click, but some are a bit different. For instance, the first one, Aculite Prologue by uh, Superstring is uh, where you play a QA tester of a new AI and it's basically like it's on your phone and you're typing commands. Um, so it's actually a, a graphic adventure game and uh, it really reminded me with the command typing of the old uh, of the old graphic adventures I used to play on the Commodore 64. But it's uh, it was actually quite an interesting uh, detective game because obviously there is something going on here with the AI uh, mm, yes. and you have to figure out what <laughs> and you have to do that by giving the correct commands. So uh, I was actually very impressed with this one and looking forward to, uh, to to playing the full game. There is no release date yet. It says coming soon, but uh, I'm expecting it to, uh, to happen uh, somewhere this year. Uh, it looked cool. It sounded cool and... Uh, Looking forward to uh, to diving uh, more into that. I'm going to go at it in alphabetical order. The next one is Brock the Investigator, the prologue. That's B-R-O-K, I've heard of this. B R O K and Investigator with a capital yeah. G because you play Brock the Alligator, who is also an investigator. And this is a classic point and click. However, they added a uh, arcade element to it where you actually have to fight other uh, people or objects. Uh, but they did it in a way that you can choose the difficulty of the of the arcade sections or, or, or even just completely skip it. So oh, that's good. If you're into it uh, just for the story, um, I played it on the easy mode for the arcade. Uh, I didn't skip it, but it was, it, it was like a beat-em-up. It was very simple. And it, it got me through. Uh, and for the rest, it was very classic point-and-click with the added element of finding QR codes, in-game QR codes that you can use for hints. Oh, uh, that's cool. It mm. looked really good. It sounded really good. This is this might be a big one. That is uh, Brock the Investigator by Cowcat. The other one was Detective from the Crypt by BOV. It's supposed to come out this year as well. Uh, you are a ghost. Uh, you wake up as a ghost in a crypt. And you need to figure out what is going on. And in the demo, you do that by helping uh, some other restless ghosts. Uh, It's very straightforward. Uh, You have to search for items and use those items to uh, get whatever the other ghosts want. 
it looked quite nice. It had a. It, it didn't look scary or something, although it it, it is still a, a horror game. But it was more like uh, more gothic horror, more Victorian uh, horror. Even though I did not yet see those elements of uh, of the detective a lot in it, uh, it is to be apparently play a big be a big thing in the in the full game where you, s you search and, re and research evidence and uh, you build accusations on that. Now, looking forward to uh, to seeing this one appeared as well. There's no specific date, just 2021. Then yeah. the... I like the art for that one. Just having yeah, it looks it looks nice. Yeah, it looks it's sort of Victorian style. Mm. And I've yeah. never heard of this, but I've just added no, it to no, my it wish was, list. It was I think it was one of the demos I got through the Steam Adventure. Uh, thing that was last that was two weeks ago last week two weeks ago I, oh the steam is that the steam festival or yeah the different yeah oh, there's yeah. so many of them now i think yeah i was yeah. i was actually too scared to even look at all the games because i was like scared as in <laughs> okay i know i'm gonna want all of these games and i still have a backlog yeah that's but it's a good problem to have it's a very very good problem to have i am never gonna get through my backlog Oh, no. I oh, I know, to, but I think to ourselves I'm, now. Yes. I'm, I'm getting more games added than I can play. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I also played the Grunt demo by uh, Olaf Osh. Oh, yeah. Uh, you played that one as well, uh, Sersha? Yes. I found it very atmospheric. Very. Uh, it, it took me a, a wee bit at the beginning to figure out uh, what exactly is with the. Uh, uh, with the the dots you see appear, yes, um, yes. Uh, I believe he said he was looking to kind of change that as well. That you have to right click, I think. But um, well, but, it, yeah. it indicates that something that you can uh, interact with is near. And I thought I needed to interact with the dots themselves. But yeah, so uh, like in, like in Disco Elysium, you had to interact with the dots. But yeah, yeah, it, it actually gave me a wee bit of a Disco Elysium vibe when I played oh, really? it. Oh, I really liked it. Yeah. Oh wow, that's. Uh, <laughs> That that's uh that's high praise. We'll know once the whole game is done, obviously. But it's more of like course, the, yeah. the, the mood. Uh, and, uh, the, the mood gave me uh, gave me that. I really liked it. Uh, also, uh, it's supposed to come out uh, the fourth quarter of twenty twenty one. So that's another one that uh, I managed to play. Uh, then I played, um, and this one is a bit um, X rated. Lost from Beyond. Um, it is a horror game with elements of eroticism and occultism. It actually re really reminded me of, uh, and now, of course, the name completely escaped me, the horror film uh, with Pinhead. Hellraiser. Hellraiser, yeah. Uh, I was, uh, it, yeah. It, it, it had that kind of mood and, and with, with added sex scenes. I actually really liked the, uh, the atmosphere they managed to create. There was also some fighting in there, which I did not like that much. Um, so, but it was an interesting, uh, interesting... Um, Game. Yeah, it was like almost like Hellraiser the game. That that's that's the feeling I got from there. And the last one I played was a uh, game called Unfolded Camellia Tales, the prologue, which is a hand-drawn 2D point-and-click adventure. Uh, I really that, like the look of this one. Yeah, it takes yeah, place me too. in Korea. It's a completely different uh, different story. Uh, very beautifully drawn. I am completely unaware of Korean history outside the Korean War in the 50s and uh, more like uh, everything that came after the Olympic Games in Seoul. So uh, it was it was interesting. And it starts with a dream sequence, but you don't know that it's a dream sequence. That's the, the, and then you wake up and then the game really starts. But it, that is connected. Very classic point-and-click adventure game. It's by Cosdots. Uh, that one is supposed to come out March 30th of this year and all the demos I played were free you can find them all on Steam if you want to check them out and it sounds like you liked all of them like to say out of those was the one that you liked the uh, most or one that you think that's one I definitely want to play or out of all of them uh, actually I was surprised that I liked Acolyte the most uh, but also Brock the, they were all cool uh, yeah. Brock the Investigator was uh, the, the whole a cartoony feel was was very cool with uh, with even the beat em up sequences mm. and the detective sequences, but also Grunt, which was a completely different. Yeah, I, yeah, they, they were all very very. I was surprised that the one that 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 held my interest the longest was uh, Acolyte. Nice. 
And well, very quickly, I also had a chance to play a demo, which I know we haven't prepared for planned for this. It's Jennifer Wilde, uh, Unlikely Revolutionaries, where you play as a girl called Jennifer Chevalier in 1920s Paris. Chevalier. 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 Yeah, whatever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, We so you have to you start to investigate the death of your father, and you meet the ghost of Oscar Wilde as you do. Now this interested me because Oscar Wilde was Irish, and I am, of course, Irish. And you go around Paris in the demo, uh, just searching, you know, finding out, interviewing people, and trying to find out what happened in full game. I believe you get to travel from Paris to London and to Dublin in Ireland as well. And uh, it's beautiful black and white graphics and she's a painter and you use these sketches to try and literally paint a picture of what happened and try and convince people that this version of events happened. Uh, it looks interesting. I mean, it's very similar-ish in concept to the Black Blackwell series. Now, again, it's different, but the way that you have a um, you know, sarcastic ghost uh, following you around and investigating murders and mysteries. Um, but it looks pretty good. And uh, you can download that on Steam as well. Um, recommend people check out the demos. That's Jennifer Wilde and Unlikely Revolutionaries. Yeah, the, on looking at the Steam page, it just says release date 2021. Okay, well, t- thank you. I noticed that a lot of games that were supposed to come out in the second half of 2020 are postponed indefinitely, or not indefinitely, but at least to 2021. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, with, with any developers, a lot of them have full-time jobs and... Uh, you know, things go slowly as well in game development, so it's to be expected, really. So, so thank you, Thomas, our, our new demo expert. <laughs> de- de- demolition man? The demolition no. man! Does that, does that work? No. <laughs> well, I had a chance to play a game called... Now, I am going to butcher this game because... This name, because it is in Russian. It's called Dom Rusalok. This is a game from Yakov Butasov, and it is set in Russia in 1996. And you play as Zenia, who is uh, about 12 or 13, and he is in a small town outside of an undefined Russian city. And you're staying at your grandparents' house for the summer, and your grandmother tells you to go outside and play and meet other kids your age. So you do, you meet other kids, and then you come across a a notice of a missing girl, also 12, 13, a few years ago, called Karina, that you see that just says that she's missing, that nobody's heard from her since then. And then, surprise, surprise, you then begin to kind of investigate. You you and your friends, you kind of uh, take it upon yourselves to see what happened to this girl, that some of them know her. And you want to kind of see, well, what happens, see if you can find out. And I don't want to say too much more. It's kind of in concept, the lazy way to describe this game would be kind of uh, Stranger Things-esque. There are a group of children uh, investigating some weird happenings in a small town. The, the, the story was interesting. Now, what, what I liked about the story was that you get to change play the all different characters are playable and it's a bit like a book so we play as one character and then there's a cliffhanger like and then you go to that you switch or do you can you no it's a, no it's automatic oh so you get different point of view characters yeah exactly different point of view characters so when you play as say Xenia and then something happens and then so a cliffhanger happens and then you move to another uh, character another kid that you play as and then again keep going and that works very very well I'm not sure it's really a horror game or it's creepy it's sinister there are some horror moments but uh, I mean there are some really creepy moments but I think it's more kind of mystery drama kind of you know maybe Stranger Things esque you know again I keep saying that it is different to Stranger Things as well and, you know, but these scenes, the, um, the dramatic scenes, I think, work well. The kind of one or two jump scares are done very well. And then as you change different characters, I thought that was uh, done well. And, uh, you know, the, the graphics, I don't know how to describe the graphics. They're 2D, they're very retro. And, they, you know, again, they, they do their job, I think, basically. They're, they're not bad. I don't think they're amazing, but they do their job. And um, the controls, you use the WASD controls on the keyboard and then you press E to con- to continue conversations. And uh, now the thing is, this game was obviously made in Russian and translated to English. There are some grammar errors, there are some translation errors, um, which are kind of noticeable for English speakers. But then again, the translation, considering this is an independent 
you know, studio or one person basically it's pretty it's it's okay it's better than a lot of other games that have been translated because at no point was i like what are the characters trying to say it was more um you know some minor errors with freight with uh prepositions which it didn't destroy the game at all it's noticeable now if people can afford to have a English speakers to look over the dialogue, I would always recommend to do that, but it's not always possible. So I think the developers did, you know, a good job in this case. You do have to, when you click on hotspots, you do have to stand right next to them. But again, I didn't find a you know, huge problem with that, but I know some people might. Uh, one issue I did have at the end, I'm not going to give away, obviously, the ending, but the ending, the when you get to it... Or- that's another thing. Yes, that is uh, <laughs> only automatic. I was, go- I was getting there. There oh, are only no. automatic save games, no. which... Now, it is a short game. The save games are, automatic save games are pretty regular. So, you know, it's not a huge issue. But as you know, my opinion, I love to manually save the game whenever I want. It's not possible in this game. It is a shame. But hey-ho. Um, but another kind of issue that I had is towards the end, when you get to the ending, there's a really good build-up. But then it's almost as if there was a the ending was for a different game because something happens and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I didn't think, you know, where did that come from? More like, it's the, you know, and I don't know if it would make more sense in Russian, but I, I don't know. And then it was, they, it was very ambiguous as all I say, that they, this was intentionally ambiguous, but I would have liked a little bit more clarity to find out what, you know, what actually happened, what was happening. But it was uh, one good thing, though, is that you know what it gets its setting very, very good because Thomas, you mentioned with that other game um, unfolded that is set in Korea, which you didn't know much about. I I don't know much about Russia in the nineties, and I don't know of any other game uh, set there. And it really uses the setting very, very well. And now there's a walkthrough which I saw afterwards, or I saw on Steam. Now I wouldn't recommend people need to walk through because the puzzles are relatively easy to use inventory but this person who wrote the walkthrough he also gives extra information about what you find in the game so if you find these drinks in the game he gives some background information or some things like the kids that are making the treehouse he would say that this is what we did in russia back in 1990 so it's very so he uses the setting very well and other Russian people have said that it's kind of like nostalgic for uh, for them. And um, so, again, very interesting in that way, that if you want to know what it was like living in Russia as a teenager in the 1990s, which is not something that I knew much about, certainly a different setting uh, to what we're used to. And uh, it took me about four, four and a half hours altogether to finish. In and terms uh, of uh, the gameplay, is it other puzzles or how, how does it work in terms of... Is, you know, do you have like inventory puzzles? Yeah, pu- puzzles are mainly inventory. Um, there might be one or two simple logic puzzles that you have to find a code to something, um, you know, but mainly they are uh, inventory puzzles. So, for example, you, are, you, know, you at the beginning, you meet these kids who are playing football, but they've lost their ball. So then you go and you find their football and then they give you a cigarette and then someone else needs a cigarette. So you give them a cigarette and then if you need to say open a door you find a crowbar I mean the puzzle the, the good news is that there was no puzzle that I thought was illogical now suppose there mightn't be any puzzle that was really difficult so again if you want really difficult or challenging puzzles maybe this isn't the game for you but at least they all made sense I don't know if it was a bug that I came across because I clicked on a computer in the game and then I couldn't get out of it and I don't know if that was a bug or if this was me that didn't know how to get out of it but, <laughs> but I was pressing all the buttons and all the keys and I couldn't go and I had to restart and there we have the autosave that because there were no manual saves, I had to play a relatively big chunk of the game again. So again, this is why I prefer manual saves in case there are bugs or in case you have That's to leave. Right. So again, developers, please, if you can, and I know that there are, there are reasons that other people have told me why they don't include manual saves, but if you can, <laughs> at least I would be very happy. But uh, yeah, so to finish up, uh, Dom Rusalok, it, it was kind of, I, considering I knew nothing about the game going in, um, I enjoyed it. I, I don't think it's going to win Adventure Game of the Year. There are still a few minor issues, as I said, with the translation, with might be some pixel hunting and not very clear ending. But it still does a lot right. I think it does, has some very effective uh, particular horror scenes. It gets a setting... Uh, which is very, very interesting as well and very different to what, at least to what I'm used to. 
And it's, uh, it kept my interest. I was engaged all the way through. It's not too long, not too short. I think it ends when it, when it has to. And I look forward to seeing what uh, Yakov Butsusov can, can do next because I'm really curious to know what, what he can do. Um, I think he's definitely one to look out for in future. So that is Dom Rusolok. That might mean something in Russian. I don't know what it means in, in English. <laughs> Maybe to explain that I missed it. Uh, but it is available on Steam. So uh, we go from Russia to Lorigo far away. <laughs> far loan sales. Yes, that's it. Why do you have such a problem with this game title? Far, far away. So far, <laughs> far, Small, far away. <laughs> it, no, it's yeah. It's called Far Loan Sales. All right. Okay. Got it. I'll, I'll, I'll let you give the title of it then. <laughs> far Loan Sales. Um, it came out a little while ago. It came out in 2018. Uh, it's very interesting uh, one. This I really enjoyed it. It sort of uh, classes itself. It's described itself as a vehicle adventure game, and the idea is you're traveling across this basically basic sort of barren apocalyptic world. It's sort of a, a side scroller, and you've got this quite unusual sort of half tractor, half uh, ship because it's got these big long sails which you can hoist up. Uh, across this barren wasteland uh, you don't really know where you're traveling to or why you kind of get hints as you're going along as to what's happening um but basically the whole idea of the game is um you have to keep going you have to keep traveling so you have to keep your ship moving at all times uh and to do that you uh have to give it feeder energy which you get by these little boxes of uh i don't know what it is exactly but some kind of energy which you put into your chute in the ship um and you get sort of a, a a side view of inside your ship when you're inside it. Um, so you're, you're constantly shoveling in energy into your ship and then uh, hitting the uh, pedal to go, uh, pulling down the steam uh, cords to let out the steam. And basically the idea is you, you've got to keep your ship moving as you just drive across this wasteland. Um, there's no dialogue. There's no uh, text at all. There's... Uh, nothing to sort of explain what's going on but it does a really great job just through environmental storytelling of slowly giving you ideas of what's happened in this world where you might be going i mean that's kept till the very end really but yeah the whole point is you've you've got to keep your ship going and to do that sometimes you'll you'll reach obstacles you might go up against um there might be a gate that you have to try and uh, unlock somehow uh, climbing up your ship and finding a way to unlock it um, or there might be something yeah a barrier of some kind or sometimes you know you have to fight against the weather it starts hailing crazily um, and you have to be putting out fires in your ship or fixing bits of your ship because there's little bits that uh, get added on as you go along so you, you get extra little bits that you sort of upgrade your ship a bit um, and yeah, the idea is just through all this kind of weather and roadblocks and everything, can you keep your, your vessel going? Uh, and where are you going to? Where are you ending up? Um, I thought it, it's quite a relaxing game. The music in it, it's, it's quite sparse. There's, there's abs- moments of just absolute sort of silence and just the sound of you puttering about your ship is all there is. But then, you know, it'll suddenly zoom out as you're, um, gliding along and you've, you've put your sails up and it's quite a clever way of, there's a little flag at the top of your ship which tells you which way the wind is blowing which I didn't actually work out until quite a way into the, into the game and I was like oh okay so now I know when I should put my sails up and when I should put them down um, so sometimes you don't run on energy you just run on the sails on on the wind basically so you can save energy that way so it's got a nice kind of mechanical idea of you know keep keeping something going and it's there's it's quite fun to see if you like you can just keep it constantly going and not needing to like stop at all uh but yeah the music is lovely it will suddenly burst into um really nice arrangements as as you're going across this sort of desolate land and the camera will zoom out and just you know show how desolate everything is and it's just you sort of in the center of it all um uh, so yeah the artwork is really beautiful the soundtrack's really good i think it's just about the right length because if it was any longer you'd start to be a bit like okay (laughs) you know what what else is i think there's just about enough variety of things to do and little passages of time where you're just making your own way there and then little bits where you're stopping and starting and having to fix things and figure out oh how do i get around this bit um yeah amazing landscapes and the puzzles there's none of the puzzles are really that hard i was playing it while i was streaming so there were points i think if i was playing it on my own 
I'd have taken longer to be like, okay, how do I work this out? But you know, when you're just streaming it on your own, it can be a bit like, oh, I want to get to the next bit now. So, um, but even with that, I found, yeah, the, the puzzles were quite, quite simple. So it's quite a relaxing game to play. I'd say that, you know, it's quite chill. A lot of it is just you puttering along with your vehicle, moving along. And then it, the ending, I think, is great. I'm not going to give it away, but um, <laughs> I did shed a little tear. It was, it's quite, oh. uh, it's very well done. I thought, um, and it was not what I was expecting, but yeah, it's um, really. I thought they just, yeah, it, it suddenly sort of ends, and you're like, oh, okay, it makes sense, but also very sad. So oh. I thought, even though there's no dialogue, no text, I thought they did a really good job of telling a story. And to be honest, I'd play it again because it was just really well done so i i mean it's been out for a while now it has been one i've been looking to play mm. for a while but just never really got around to it but it's only it was like three hours so you could do okay, it okay took a three hours yeah yeah so i just I'm... say it's it's um it's a nice sort of break from a couple of uh games that you know <laughs> which take a lot of puzzling and thought this doesn't really do that but it still packs a lot in with the with the narrative and with with just kind of exploring somewhere i guess it's more that kind of game than a, than a puzzle game really but i think that they've just created a brilliant atmosphere and just a, a sort of quite unique style of game so uh but i i also another thing is i just think it's been so well play tested and and developed because mm. there were death there were points where i'd be like oh no i've just run out of um fuel and immediately as i said that a little box of fuel would would just be on the horizon for me to go and pick up because basically that's how you find your bits of energy it's just scattered around the wasteland and you go and you run out and pick it up and run back into your ship um but yeah i just thought i was so like there was several times when that happened i was like oh no i'm running out and clearly they they thought of that 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 was going to happen so yeah, really nice little short game, um, beautiful atmosphere, and um, really well-told story. Nice. I'm very curious now. I'm very tempted. Yeah, um, it won some awards as well. It won quite so. a few awards, I see, and um, got overwhelmingly positive reviews. And I believe this was nominated for the Adventure Gamers uh, Aggie Awards back yes. in 2018. So it, yeah. does, it does fit the genre. Yeah, so. yeah, because even though it's, there's no dialogue, it's still there is still a story there, and mm. and uh, there are puzzles, so it, it does kind of fit into that category. I think it's not, it's definitely not a platformer or, or action based. Mm. So vehicle punk, can we say? <laughs> is that a thing? Does that exist? Does it, can I, it exist I, now? I don't. Um, I guess <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> vehicle punk, because if it's both steampunk and diesel punk, you know, combination. No, no vehicle I punk is that. Is that no. a thing? Can we say that? No? No. no. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be creative here, but apparently... Yes, you're trying. Yeah, trying, but, uh, you know, <laughs> tough crowd. <laughs> uh, so that so that is the name again, Laura? <laughs> Fart Lone Sales. And that is out on, at least on Steam and probably other places as well. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely on Steam, so uh, check I'm, it out there. But I'm really curious uh, to try it out myself. Yeah, you should. I mean, it's taken me quite a long time to to get, get to around it. to it, but um, I'm, I'm really glad I did. Uh, yeah. it, it really surprised me, actually. I knew it was going to be good, but it really surprised me how good it, it was. Nice. Thank you, Laura. So we'll include a link to the show notes as well. Uh, so, okay, then uh, from me. Now, before we get to what remains of Edith Finch, I also, you played this game, you played Tacoma, Laura, didn't you? Yes, uh, and yeah. I have I've played Edith Finch as well. Oh, you played that as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so we could, oh wow, I didn't yeah. I didn't know you played Edith Finch. So you could <laughs> yes, tell us what you think as well. And um, well, T- Tacoma. First of all, now again, I mean, it's a few seconds because it's you've already uh, discussed this. You already reviewed this. I really enjoyed it, and it's from the developers of Gone Home, and it's a lot more. I thought it might be just Gone Home in space, which is I would have accepted that, but it was more. And I loved how they used the augmented reality to tell the story of what happened to the people on that, uh, well, space station. And also, we learned how they lived as well, through the augmented reality 
and you can interact with the object, which I really enjoyed as well. Um, you know, destroying the cushions around and playing pool and playing darts and, you know, very interactive as well. And again, it's four hours long. Voice acting was really good. I loved how diverse the characters as well were, the cast as well were. And with the couples, there was an LGBTQ couple and then, um, you know, heterosexual couple as well. But a really good story, really well told story that's understated, but I mean that in a very good way. Um, that, you know, there's nothing that tries to be shocking or anything. They just want to tell a really good story. And they... Did you play the commentary afterwards? No, I just played... Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I did. And what the thing that struck me is the attention to detail that they went on. Because they... I didn't know... I, I discovered some secrets afterwards through the commentary. That, for example, there are sticky letters that, you can, that are on a wall. You can interact with them. But then if you keep taking off one sticky letter and putting it back on, after a few times, it will then fall off because it loses stickiness. And again, it's a very small thing, but it shows their attention to detail as well. And, um, and just everything, you know, the story and just, you know, being there, just looking outside, watching the planet Earth and the big uh, solar panel thing floating around. And um, yeah, I definitely recommend that people check it out. That's Tacoma from... Fulbright Games. Fulbright Games, yes, developers have gone home. And also I played What Remains of Edith Finch. If we lived forever, maybe we'd have time to understand things. But as it is, I think the best we can do is try to open our eyes. And appreciate how strange and brief all of this is. That any of us ever had a chance to be here at all. This is where your story begins. Maybe it sounds like I had a plan, but I had no idea where all this was going to lead. Now, the, the thing is, as I'm sure you're aware, Laura, that it's hard to kind of talk about this game without giving spoilers, because I, I knew very little about this game going into it, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, so what I will say, what I can say, I think, is that you play as Edith Finch. It's another walking similar slash exploration game. And your mother has just died. And this happens at the very beginning. And she gives you a key. She doesn't tell you what it opens, but she asks you to go to your house. And there are different secrets in the house. And so you are the last remaining member of the Finch family. And so you go there, you want to know what the key opens and you want to discover the secrets that there are, you know, been murmurings of a curse with the family. And so basically you want to know what happened to the other people in your family, in the Finch family. And it goes back from your ancestors in the 1800s to very recently to 1970s. And the interesting thing about this game, again, what I think I can say is you play the last day of some of the members of the family. Uh, now, that's in the description, so I think it's okay to say that. <laughs> but when I played as the first um, the first member of the family, and th- that scene, I was like, oh, wow, this is different. Um, don't know if you remember, Laura, when... <laughs> I think so. Is it with, related with the to animals? an animal? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, I did yeah. not expect that. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> wow. And the thing as well, even though this game is basically about the death of all these people, it wasn't kind of as grim as I thought it was. I mean, it is sad, but it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, it's melancholic and sometimes it's poetic. I'm not sure how I feel <laughs> either because it was, uh, you know, it was interesting. Like, again, you, you find out, you know, some are more ambiguous than others, but you find out how these people die. And there's some very sad moments because there are some that are children that you play as when they die. So I think this might affect some people. Um, it might be hard for some people, but it, I think in a sense it's down to shock people. Um, it's, it's, it's really hard to describe without, yeah. without kind I mean, of giving I, it away. I don't, I don't remember if ever, I mean, it's, it's been a while since I played it now, but I remember, I feel like they did it in a way that it was tasteful. Like I, mm. it's, it's, like I said, it's quite hard for me to remember the details, but I, I don't remember ever feeling like it was done in a, in a way that was just done to like shock people mm. without there being a reason for it, if that makes sense. It felt it made sense in the game. 
Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And that's what, what, what really, you know, sh- shows you the, the talent of the writers in this game that they're able to do because it's so difficult to do, to be yeah. so sensitive and tasteful because we have, you know, children dying in this game. And yet I never thought, oh, this is too shocking. This is too much. You know, it's sad. It's very, very sad. But, and then there was one scene towards the end. Again, I can't give it away. It's in the trailer, but I'm not going to give it away. It's the scene with the fish. I don't know if you remember that. With the fantasy yeah. elements, with I think the king so. And the yeah, queen. This, it's been a while now. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> for for me, no, of course. But I mean, I just played it the weekend, so <laughs> it's it took me about two and a half hours. So, but it didn't feel too short or too long. It felt the the length just right. And I have a feeling with these walking simulators, generally shorter tends to be better because <laughs> it's good to play in one sitting. I think like Tacoma was about four hours long. It took me. Now, it's, I did feel, you know, I think gameplay-wise, it was very linear. It felt more linear than even Gone Home and Tacoma, that you're on this path that you have to go on. And, you know, not necessarily a bad thing, but I would have liked even the illusion of more kind of freedom. But, um, although interestingly, you do find out what door the key or what the key opens very early on, which I liked, that you weren't kind of waiting the whole game. And now you couldn't interact, I guess, because I just played this after Tacoma. And I liked the fact you could interact with every Tacoma in this, not so much. Mm. So I kind of missed that. And of course, I'm sure you're going to know what I'm going to say with the save games. It's only automatic save games. <laughs> I, I think I'm doomed at this point just to accept that every game I play just has autosaves. <laughs> That's, uh, again, it's a short game and they are pretty regular, but, um, you know, if people like me find that an issue, then, you know, I feel like I have to mention it at this point. But overall, I did really like it. I know people like think this is on the higher end of the scale of uh, walking simulators. I think so. I mean, I don't know. Gone Home and Tacoma, I really like, and Firewatch, for me, are like the top three. Um, but this is close or thereabouts, I think, yeah, for me. I, I think, think this- it's, it's, it's a lovely sort of set of, whereas I think Gone Home is one really well-told story. Yeah. This is like a little, it's like a vignette, you're, you're dipping into people's lives. Yeah, so I think compared to Gone Home, it's it, it's different in that sort of storytelling way. But yeah, no, that, it was a very well-told story. And I really liked, well, the voice acting was really good from all of them. There, there are one or two shocking moments that <laughs> there is one with a deer, which I was not expecting. I was kind of not, I mean kind of darkly comical <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. that, that I was kind of like I shouldn't be laughing but the way it happened was kind of like oh I wasn't expecting that and I, I've i noticed that people t- tell me and people say online that uh, for, with these exploration walking simulators that this is top end and I would agree with the, the games that I've played of this sort that this would be on the top end but yes yeah, so I recommend people check it out what remains of Edith Finch and that's available well I think that's available everywhere <laughs> It's, yeah, yeah, it's on so, PS4, it's yeah. on Xbox, yeah, it's Switch Steam, even. Yeah. Yeah. And now, uh, to finish off, uh, Thomas and I are going retro, or retro, as I used to call are it. We, are we not discussing nuts? Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nuts. I completely forgot. <laughs> this is all part of the whole setup for nuts. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Actually, it wasn't. I genuinely forgot. No, we oh, so I know. We know. <laughs> Nuts! Well, at least we can use this as as a joke. So, nuts! I forgot all about the Laura. I'm so sorry, but this you is, also this is, uh, this is not the Ice Age story, is it? No, how, it's not. No. Uh, <laughs> it's, so, it's so how time. how long can I keep this joke going? So, probably uh, end it now. Okay, so oh, you you were you're talking about some nuts that you played. <laughs> yes, uh, the game is called Nuts, and it's nuts. It's in capital letters. Uh, not uh, not. Uh, Nuts. It's nuts! You made it! Uh, it's me, Nina. Welcome to Mammoth Forest. Your job is pretty simple. We just need a close-up of this girl near its stash. I'm sure you can follow him easily enough. Hey, you know how our study seems 
seems to be so well funded. It's weird, right? I hope it's not weird in a bad way. What the? Is that what I think it is? Why would a squirrel stash dynamite and matches? What the ever-loving hell is going on? And yeah, you play, well, basically the whole idea is you are surveillancing squirrels in this game, hence the title, uh, Nuts. Um, you are a, a sort of researcher, a field researcher. You've been given this task um, by this uh, other environmentalist to go to this forest area where this a company is looking to uh build a sort of hotel and other uh buildings upon and they want to prove that actually there's loads of uh, endangered squirrels uh, living in the area um and you are sort of tasked as this field researcher out in in the nature to um surveillance uh, surveil the squirrels uh track them and uh find out where they're living and the way you do that is you have a, a various cameras you start off with one and then as the game progresses you get up to three and you have to place these cameras you've got a set starting point where you know roughly these squirrels are um so you place your cameras around that point in different angles and then you go back to your recording equipment in your little caravan uh you hit record it fast forwards to nighttime and then you have to sort of scrub through your footage your surveillance footage and wait until you spot a squirrel um and when you spot a squirrel on your camera sometimes you don't uh you then fast you hit uh the door which fast forward to the next day the next day comes then you move your cameras again so the whole idea is you're you're tracking these squirrels to find out where they nest basically and that's the end sort of part of that mission so each day is about you placing your camera in the right way placing it in the right angle so you catch the squirrels um and then heading back to your surveillance footage at night and scrubbing through to see where the next bit of the puzzle where they've gone so you're kind of doing real surveillance work and tracking them as you go along and as as you go along there's different chapters and that's basically the main sort of gameplay element is doing all this surveillancing and tracking and the puzzles are based around sometimes the squirrels will like leap up to different areas and you've got to like figure out well, where's he gone now so uh, uh and like move your camera and you've got because you've got three cameras you can point them in different ways to try and get the best cover the best ground basically um so it, it's basically all around that and you your main contact is uh this a german lady called nina who is your sort of boss and she'll keep you in the loop as to what's what more is going around uh with the developments um there's sort of a bit of mystery the game kind of builds up that there's something more going on Right, so there's a story as well. Yeah, there's like some kind of dirty, dodgy dealings going on, and as as you progress, you kind of find out a bit more about that. I would say it's not; it's a bit like there's there's some will have people have comparisons with Firewatch, and that you're out in nature. You know, you've only got this contact with this one other person by phone who you never meet. And there's also like some, you've got an idea there's some kind of mystery going on. I would say the mystery element isn't quite as strong here. The story does end a little bit on a, you're expecting it to build up to some big reveal. It doesn't quite happen. You're, you're a bit like, oh, okay, so that's that then. But, uh, I, I enjoyed the sort of surveillance puzzles. The, uh, the art the the graphic art is very striking it's very unusual mm. um instantly you're kind of hit by like <laughs> how they've done it it's it's kind of colors <laughs> yeah it's basically they've chosen like sort of three for each chapter there's like three colors basically in the whole palette and it's like they've sort of changed the gamma basically is all i can yeah the way it's... i can really explain it so that it looks i mean like a negative of a photo really at points so it's uh, very striking um it's quite hard to explain otherwise but yeah it's, it's very unusual kind of color palette and each chapter has a different color palette which might just be pink and purple and a bit of gray and that's the whole color scheme um and that will change throughout different chapters as i say so that's really cool i thought the soundtrack was really great in terms of it mixes uh foley effects of you know rustlings of trees and, and squirrels and you can hear birds around you so you really do feel like you're out in nature um and it's a relatively slow 
pace of game because you're it's just you on your own going about the, these woods and forests you know trekking ac- across rivers placing cameras where you think they might be um it's good fun once you do spot these squirrels running across your camera and you can you know speed up your camera you can slow it down you can pause it and basically you've got to get a picture of it on your screen and send it off to nina um when you find out where they go there's there's a little bit of variety in doing that but that is the main part of gameplay so i did find near the end it got a little bit repetitive i mean the story changes and the reasons why you're doing it changes and they they do shake it up a little bit like instead of just getting a picture of a squirrel you've got to get it at this exact point of time and things like that but most of it is pretty similar gameplay so near the end i was a bit like okay you know, this we're doing this again. We're tracking another squirrel. So that's the only thing I would say. But in general, it's, you know, it's quite a cool concept for a game. Like I said, it's a very unusual looking game. Uh, good voice acting. The person who plays Nina, that's the only person who you hear in the game, but she's uh, really well done. Uh, good, good voice acting. And yeah, um, like I said, quite an unusual concept for a game. And for the most part, I, I enjoyed enjoy tracking the squirrels um it's yeah it's the story perhaps isn't as strong as firewatch i would say you know if it's it's going to get those comparisons it's not quite Mm. as but it does if you enjoyed in firewatch these sort of nature elements then you will enjoy this as well i think well a tech radar apparently says that firewatch this is like firewatch for david attenborough fans (laughs) Yes. I, yeah. I, I mean, it does have the element of you because there's a lot of you just sitting in your little caravan, watching the tapes go back, waiting to waiting to see if this squirrel will buzz across your screen. Um, so there's quite a sort of patience element to it rather than, you know, Firewatch, obviously you're out and about and doing things. So you do feel a bit like a, you are actually a researcher. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's an unusual game. I would say definitely... Check it out if if you like the like I said the sort of nature element of Firewatch, but it's it's more puzzle based as well because you've you've got to think about where to place all these cameras, whereas Firewatch is much mm. more just story based. Right. Yeah. This also sounds like a game that possibly shouldn't work, but sounds like it does. Yeah. So kind, <laughs> kind of like Lucas Pope games, um, you know, when with Papers Please, where you just stamp passports, which is amazing, and then return to Oprah Din, which where you're. What is it? An insurance inspector kind of person. Yeah. And now I'm not saying this. Oh, I haven't played this game. But I'm not saying this is as good. But it's kind of like one of these that, for a lot of people, might be monotonous job, but it still somehow seems to work in the game. Yeah. From for what sure. you're saying. And it's funny you mention Oberdin because the graphics are a bit. Oberdin, a little bit, actually. Like, yes. Yes. Retro. <laughs> Uh, kind of these sort of negative stills of things um yeah so there is that element of it and it is it is satisfying when when the squirrels do when you do catch them um it, much like with uh Oberdin where if you get the, th- the the three or i can't remember if it's three or five uh things right you, you know mm. you get a bit of a buzz it's it's less i mean Oberdin is a lot more uh intellectual in terms of what you had to figure out this is just like you've got to figure out where to point your camera and there's a bit of puzzling yeah (laughs) but it's not but it's still it is still hard there are points you know it does take you a while sometimes it can i mean that's what i was joking about i was playing this on stream as well i was joking about basically you might end up doing this for like 20 days per chapter um which obviously doesn't take that long that's like maybe 10 minutes uh per day but you know you joke that if you were actually this person you'd just be out there for 20 days filming this one squirrel <laughs> and luckily the squirrels all every night they you know they take the same route otherwise you'd be That's screwed handy. it's That's very, very nice handy. that the squirrels are <laughs> very yeah, <convenient>. constantly <laughs> yes it is isn't it yeah um but yeah it's very unusual game i thought and um it it, it it lived up to its intrigue i think uh the story didn't quite mm. go where i was thinking it was going to go but there was still enough there to, to enjoy cool and thank you. And apologies again for forgetting about you. I, <laughs> it's been a long day. It's Monday when we're recording. And yeah, that's my excuse. And I'm sticking to it. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, nuts. At, le- at least we don't say, oh, nuts with the game. It seems to be good. So, yes. yeah, so. I'm okay. nuts about this game. You're nuts about great. <laughs> 
That's uh, not a lot of nuts. <laughs> All right, move on. Okay, so, uh, well, speaking of um, retro, you said this game looks retro because Thomas and I, uh, we played an actual retro game oh that was released back in 1995. <laughs> oh, boy. So what's that, 25, 26 years ago now? Um, we went, um, speaking of nature, we went to the Amazon jungle in the, to search for the Amazon queen in flight of the Amazon queen. How long can I keep this going? Um, so go search of the Amazon queen. That's the name of the plane. Oh, that's right. Yes. I mean, we went in the, we, we yeah, actually anyway. found an Amazon queen, but yes. Okay. So Thomas, uh, ta- we haven't, <laughs> we haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> Please help is us. Like, um, a sillier Indiana Jones. As in, the humor is very silly. Uh, it is funny, but it is very silly. Um, and I really I really liked it, you know. It, it, it made me feel like when I was... Uh, when I could have played this game back when it was released, it was one of those games that I wanted to play but never could get my hands on. So I'm, I'm glad that nowadays you can get it even, I think, for free on, on GOG and Steam to get back and play it because this is one of those classic 2D point and point and click adventure games um but you also make me realize how far this genre has has come since <laughs> those days that were back then considered the the golden age of, uh, of 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 adventure gaming um everything is there that is um uh, that is needed for a uh, classic point-and-click adventure game. It's got great uh, pixel uh, pixel art. It's got uh, uh, the inventory. It's got a set of commands that you can use in the same way that the, the Lucasfilm, the LucasArts games use the, the Scum engine. Here you also have um, uh, eight commands that you can uh, that you can use, although I think there's one that you only use once. <laughs> but it is there. Um and, and you walk around uh, this area. You play uh, Joe King, and he is pilot uh, Joe King. He's a pilot. He is hired <laughs> to uh, hey. fly a famous actress to her next job. However, the plane uh, gets caught in a uh, in a storm and it crashes in the Amazon. And he has to find a way out, but he also needs to find out why there is a later Hosen company in the middle of the Amazon. Uh, why there is a uh, gorilla blocking the road in the middle of the Amazon, and all kinds because of, they're only found in Africa. Yeah, there are all, all <laughs> kinds of, uh, of 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 funny and silly uh, things going on. Um, of course, there's Nazis uh, because they fled to the to South America. A lot of them. So that's that's what the main uh, antagonist is. Yeah, sorry. This this is uh, set in the early 1950s, I believe, 1951 yeah. or something. Yeah, somewhere around that uh, that area, and it goes just it, it goes completely bonkers. It's it's a delicious, <laughs> pulpy tale um, that involves Amazons, dinosaurs, gorillas, uh, piranhas, uh, lederhosen. It's it's just super yeah, I mean, soldier the- serum. It's it's really a kind of game that they probably would not make today, but I'm glad they made back then. Um, it uh, speaking of uh, '90s adventure game tropes, it's got a maze. Yes, at the end. Yes, I I didn't like that. I'll no, I don't like mazes in games. Even though this maze made more sense than some of the other mazes I've I've, I've come across, I did use a a, a walkthrough to get through the, this maze quicker because I don't like mazes <laughs> in games. So, uh, however, uh, the story more than makes up for that uh, inconvenience. Uh, I I highly enjoyed it. Uh, Sorsha, how about you? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as well. I think better than I thought I would, because this, as you say, the feeling I got was that it was always kind of subpar LucasArts, which is both fair and unfair. <laughs> it's fair. It's unfair because I think it is a bit, it is good and recommend people to try it out, but it's also fair because, yeah, it never quite reaches maybe the heights of uh, most of the LucasArts games, uh, probably. But yeah, I did really, 
uh, enjoy it. I mean, as you mentioned, it's very silly. I mean, that plan from the Doctor to take over the world is just... I mean, I don't know what um, what the developers were smoking, but it, <laughs> it, it, is kind of, it is very bizarre, but it doesn't always completely work. But it's kind of like... It, I had a fun time overall playing. I think... Um, now you mentioned that uh, there was a maze towards the end. You know, a lot of games back then, you know, Fate of Atlantis had a maze, Gabriel Knight 1 had a maze, even Broken Sword 2 yeah. had a maze, which, the, and uh, even Monkey Island 2 had kind of a maze as far as I remember. So yeah, it's, but, but this is the, not as bad as those, I don't think. The difference here is that this maze was basically one big location. Uh, so it, it, the, 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 the parts of the maze where you could go to would be the same thing as you could have a big Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good. I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> but it, no, it, it was confusing, but the puzzles were interesting. I it found the puzzles very... not to be as as illogical as a lot of games made back then. You know, this it felt kind of modern-ish in a way because I found I was able to do a lot of the puzzles without a walkthrough, which is yeah, not the case the with a lot of games could, back then. Most of the puzzles you could do with a walkthrough, yeah, and a lot of them is uh, is also with with dialogue, uh, mm. but it is very much of its age. So you have yes. to get in the mindset of of a player in the mid '90s playing a game like this especially with the controls because we're used to having like a control wheel or just uh you know not not having eight commands but just like look and and use or look and interact and then you automatically do the the correct thing that is not here you have to really uh pick the uh the thing you want to do and then uh click on the thing you want to do it with and then click on the thing you want to do it to so uh, that that is how those games worked back in the 90s so we are a bit spoiled now because a lot of the inefficiencies of that gameplay has been has been smoothed out nowadays. But it is I th- I found it very fun to just get back uh, in there and 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 play this game that I never managed to play when when I was a teenager. Uh I it took me about 5 hours to complete. Oh, well, it took me is, about 8. That is with the uh <laughs> help of a of a walkthrough for the maze. Um, I think if I had played this back in the nineties, I probably would have taken me a lot longer. Would have twenty hours? No, oh, maybe <laughs> ten, between ten and twenty hours, probably. And what did you think of the Dutch character in the game? <laughs> he was Dutch. What was what his accent like? He was Dutch, for you. but uh, his accent was <laughs> German at first, and became more <laughs> Dutch later in the game. But it was it was funny. It was funny. Yeah. And uh, he, t- what, he, what talked, is it? he tried to talk like a Dutch person trying to talk English. <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a very Dutch accent. And he was clearly from the, the, north, the northwest of the country. <laughs> yeah, and his accent then... Cha- I'm not even going to attempt to do it, uh, an impression. You think I should? Do- no, no, I, I can't. I no, 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 no. Think Laura, Laura wants me to do an impression no. of a Dutch. No, no, you already had trouble pronouncing Chevalier, so uh, let's not. Yeah. Any Dutch, uh, <laughs> so I would definitely recommend. It took you, Thomas, about five hours. It took me about eight hours uh, to play more. But you or have less. to. You have to take uh, take into account yeah. that if you start it's, it up, it immediately starts. Uh, yeah. You don't and get into uh, a start menu. You go immediately into the first cutscene of the game. Oh yeah, that was a bit annoying. Uh, that was very that's, annoying. That's very retro, isn't it? Yeah. It's, you, it's because you have to. I, I kept pressing. I think it was an escape or F one or something to try and get to the load screen. But that was annoying every time the game started. But that you have there was to get no through. Otherwise, menu, you have but... no idea why you start where you start. So. Yeah. But uh, but yeah no but you can save. <laughs> Back then you could manually save. <laughs> yeah, you can't die though. I don't think can you? At least I didn't. It's it's definitely of the Lucas. It's definitely inspired by the LucasArts games more so than Sierra, Sierra. games of the oh, time. Sorry, but, I finished uh, it in six and a half hours. Sorry, I, I looked. At oh the wrong, okay. Uh, that makes so. you feel a bit better, sure. Yeah. sure. <laughs> um, but then but again, yeah. then again, I look at the all players' average, which is two hours and forty minutes. So what? <laughs> that's weird. No, that's, that's, that's people playing with a full walkthrough. <laughs> yeah, and, and skipping scenes and you know playing. I don't know using a mod or something to make them walk faster. I don't know. That's I don't know how that's possible. That you know the point is to enjoy a game, not to you know not to fly through, not to yeah, speed exactly. run an adventure it game. Very, it made for a very enjoyable Sunday afternoon. Yeah. For me. 
So if if people haven't played it, um, it's free on GOG. As I said, it might not be quite up there with some of the LucasArts games or with the Broken Swords or Gabriel Knight, but well, it's fun nonetheless. You said that you like this one better. That is a that is a whole other episode. That is a whole <laughs> other episode. I think no, to I go wanna, through. I my just t- want to get it. No, out no, there. that is true. That is true. I, I didn't. I was intentionally not mentioning any specific games because I know I might have uh, what might be considered a controversial opinion, which I don't know if we have time to go into now. Um, but yeah, I t- I, it would require us to replay Fate of Atlantis as well because that's, yeah, it's, I, you'd probably I best played that in the mid nineties. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I I replayed it recently, and yet. Uh, I mean, Fate of Atlantis, I know that people, this might upset, I don't mean to upset people, but there were parts of it that were great, but there were parts of it that I had some real issues with as well. And I love Indiana Jones, the character, the movies. I listen to podcasts about Indiana Jones, read the books. I love LucasArts, and I'm really interested in the mythology of Atlantis. And, um, you know, but then when I played, when I first played Indiana Jones, Fate of Atlantis, back 13, 14 years ago, we're at the time when I was playing LucasArts games, and I was really expecting to really love it but what i found was i was just frustrated a lot with the game with um and it's the same i replayed it two or three years ago because i thought okay maybe it's me it probably is me but while there were parts that are really really good there are parts that i did find frustrating for example that balloon arcade sequence which i did quit the game in frustration and annoyance and oh i did sorry i did that with a lot of the sierra games uh, that is uh, true. I mean, we do have to recognize, but I didn't find find that with any of the Monkey Island but, games, but again, particularly the first two Monkey was, Island games. That was part of the of the, of the things of the tropes of adventure games in the nineties. Exactly, and but I'm glad but, that they got rid of a lot of that. Exactly, but as I said, Monkey Island one and two, let's call them. I didn't find that at all with any with either of those games, and they were released before this game. No, because they they took the smart move to not actually make it's, you sword fight, but do it with dialogue. Exactly, and that's why I think Monkey Island 1 or 2 are far better games. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I know a lot of people love Fate of Atlantis, and I'm like, am I playing the same game? Because I, I don't feel the same. But I would be curious to know what people listening to this podcast think. Have you replayed this game recently? Have you played the game for the first time recently? If so, what did you think? Also, what I didn't like was the end section of Fate of Atlantis. Speaking of mazes, it's one whole big maze. And it's, for me, it was very dull um, when you spoiler reach Atlantis. And it should be this build up, this climax. Yeah, exactly. But I just... The same thing. Yeah, exactly. And I know it was a sign of the times, you know, back then that, you know, Gabriel Knight also had a maze at the end, but I think that did it better. And um, and also there was not a lot of dialogue, again, compared to Monkey Island games, which were released before then. And I didn't find the Indiana Jones character to be that interesting in that game. Uh, and he's one of my favorite characters of all time. So it's a game that I should love. And I wish I didn't. I want to love it. I really, I, when I replayed it again a few years ago, I really, really wanted to love it. Now, there are good, good scenes with the, um, uh, the seance scene, which is really good, which is really funny. And uh, some of the dialogue is, is good as well. But then even and the, the different paths was done really well. Uh, but even that kind of, not pointless, but the team path is, the best but even that i you know marion as far as i remember didn't do a whole lot so it's kind of like well what's the point then and so i just think if the game had been shorter if they didn't pad it out if the ending wasn't that whole maze section where all the corridors looked the same um and so i think sections of flight of the amazon queen did it better you know there was no point apart from that maze in this game that i found really frustrating i don't know i think fight amazon queen as silly as it is i think it gets some it's less frustrating is what i'll say so anyway again what do people think about any of these games but if fate of atlantis let us know what do you think why am i wrong what did you specifically like about this game did you play it recently Am I wrong about the balloon sequence or about the end May sequence? And what did I do right? Because I want to know, what, you know, what exactly they, you know, people like about it. So before we finish, uh, do you guys, we're, we're going to play quite a few games, a few games coming out now, um, modern games now. Uh, Laura, what uh, do you know what you're going to play? Yeah, I know I mentioned this last time and then I ended up uh, not really having time to play it. Uh, Metropolis, I think, is going to be the main one, uh, which will be out by the time this comes out, um, just out. So that's definitely the one I'm I'm going to be mm. mainly looking at, I think so. Yeah, I can't wait for that myself. And uh, Thomas, uh, are you playing anything well, apart from the 100 demos? That you're... Uh, <laughs> I am uh, going to take a um, metaphorical dart and just point it at my 
computer screen at my desktop. And I mean, I did send the game. It hits. I'm going to play. <laughs> I mean, we could the two of us could play a painter's tale, which I believe. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I just downloaded that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm interested that's, in playing that as well. Yeah, no, that's that's a game that um, that I'll be playing as well. I played a demo of that game and I really enjoyed it. And uh, so I'll be giving my thoughts on the full game I, on I, that as well. Don't know if we'll get a chance to, uh, don't know if we'll be released for the next uh, review episode, but Inspector Waffles, I believe we'll be playing. Yes, well, Inspector Waffles and we'll possibly be playing before it comes. It comes out the 23rd of March, but... Is it 23rd? We, uh, that's what it says on the Steam. Okay. It might be a different date for other other outlets but i think on the steam page i'll I'll have a little check of that but yeah it's uh, okay yeah, it'll be out, it's out in march anyway <laughs> yeah uh yeah we'll definitely be, be playing reviewing that at some point and um also i wanted to say for people listening um what i did again we're uh, we're stuck at home in lockdown uh with a friend of mine who is not into any games but what I did with her is I shared a screen and we played two interactive FMVs. We played The Complex and Five Dates. <laughs> and we, so basically I shared a screen and she made the choices. And she enjoyed those two games. Uh, she's not a gamer at all, but I'd recommend for people if you are, if you want to get people into maybe adventure games or do something fun with them, you could do something like that. Um, it is possible for non-gamers to enjoy these kind of games through Zoom. It's not ideal. But it's something to do, you know, if you're in lockdown, if you're bored at home, and if you want to do something else other than Zoom quiz, hmm. um, could be an option. Even with a group of people might might work. So I think that's it for this week. So thank you, Laura and Thomas, as always, for Thanks. joining me. And, Inspector uh, Waffles is out 23rd of March, by the way. Perfect. Thank you for clarifying. Oh. It's uh, so, someone who does their research. <laughs> Proper journal, as in actual journalist. It's, it's called looking at the dates. Sure, sure. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, guys. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Because we have a belief you're going to be speaking to, on your Twitch stream, you can, uh, you'll be speaking to two developers. Yes, yeah, so going to speak to developers fr- from Metropolis, uh, Parata uh, Studio, and also uh, uh, Jonas from Prim, which is, uh, there's going to be a Kickstarter for that game. So you'll hopefully be able to hear the interviews for that on, on this podcast at some point too. Okay, well, thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed this rather chaotic episode. <laughs> that was a bit nuts. <laughs> yeah, let's just keep on questing. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Adventure Game Podcast for episode 104. Yeah. Four. Damn. Or five. Five, six. Well, all of them, I hope. Eight. Yeah, you'll see. I mean, you'll see us for all we'll of them. We'll get All right, then. <laughs> thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you.